It is good to once again to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Amen. Amen. Uh, we do want to honor, uh, as tomorrow is July 4th, we do want to honor um, our country and thank God that he uh, led our forefathers that were led by him to come up with this experiment of uh, constitutional republic that we have and that we enjoy today, but it is slowly slipping away as we as we see uh, the conduct of our of our nation to turn their backs on God um, but that freedom is slowly slipping away but the only freedom that is that is true and the only freedom that can uh, last for eternity is in Jesus Christ and it's because of him and that sacrifice on that cross that we are free indeed so this song is called red letters on death row guilty in the first degree son of God hanging on a hill hell was my destiny crowd was shouting crucified could have come from these lips of mine Dirty shame was killing me. It would take a miracle to wash me clean. Then I read red letters and the ground began to shake. Risen like lightning hit my veins my dead heart began to beat breath of God filled my lungs and the Holy Ghost awakened me yeah the Holy Ghost awakened me when I Destiny. 
that we celebrate and we read every day, Father. We thank you for the freedom that those letters and the sacrifice that Jesus died on that cross, Lord, we thank you for that freedom that is allowed to us, Father, that we are free in Christ. We are free indeed. Father, we thank you for that. We thank you for that freedom and ask that you would be with Brother Jeff this morning, Lord, as he brings another portion of your message. And I pray that you would anoint him and I ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Appreciate that so much. All right, so during the, the welcome time this morning, I was presented with a, with a problem. How do I baptize Liza and then Charlie? A suggestion was made. I think you'll like this one, Wendell. Baptize Charlie first, hold him under, and then baptize let Liza stand on top of Charlie and baptize him or her. So, all right. Because when it when Charlie, ma'am, <laughs> well, somebody said you know we couldn't fill the baptistry all the way up because Charlie's a big guy. Because I mean, if we you know get him in there, it's going to overflow. So, all right. Well, anyway, I've got some, uh, something that I want to talk to you this morning about. I've got some trivia first, okay? I, I wanted to do some July 4th trivia to see how, uh, because you know you, what you see on the Internet a lot of times, those uh, on-the-street interviews where people don't, I mean, you ask them questions about history and they really don't know very much about our history. Uh, I'm surprised, really, at how much people don't know about our country and the founding of our country. Now, understanding that I went to Enterprise High School and my history is not top-notch, I'm just saying, but I did, <laughs> somebody laughed at that, okay. But I, what I did is I, I, I Googled 4th of July trivia, and honestly, I knew probably half of this, but some of it is kind of obscure, so anyway. I've got a couple of questions for you. When did America declare independence from Britain? The date. July the 4th, 1776. Okay, very good. All right, when did Congress vote for independence? I think, Seth, July the 2nd, 1776. They voted for independence, and then they signed the Declaration of Independence. Who was the first person to sign? Somebody knows that, sure. John Hancock. John Hancock. All right. You know, put your John Hancock on it. All right. You got that one? Now, here's one that you, I mean, it, I'd be surprised if you knew this one, all right? What is written on the tablet in the Statue of Liberty's hand? July the 4th, 1776. All right. 
Where was the first celebration of independence held? Philadelphia, very good. How many times does the, is the Liberty Bell rung every 4th of July? Now, they don't actually ring the bell, but they, they tap it with small hammers. How many times do they ring the bell on July the 4th? 13. Who said that one? All right, good job. 13 times. All right. How many people signed the Declaration of Independence? Anybody? 56. I'm sorry, Eli, you had your hand up. 13. Well, we had 56. How many of those that originally signed the Declaration of Independence recanted the signature? One. We had one guy backed out, and it was not Benedict Arnold, just so y'all know. All right. How many hot dogs are eaten on the 4th of July? How many, Eli? Too many. You're exactly right. You're exactly right. 150 million hot dogs are consumed on the 4th of July. All right. We had three U.S. presidents that died on the 4th of July and one that was born on the 4th of July. Calvin Coolidge was born on the 4th of July. Okay, so that's just some trivia about the 4th of July. So... I wanted to talk to you today, if you will take your Bibles, turn with me to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, Brother Billy Joe Deere be glad to hear that I turned to Romans chapter 8. He says, that's the Bible, uh, just in Romans chapter 8. We're going to look at the first 14 verses of this chapter this morning, and we're going to talk about what will you do with your freedom? What will you do with your freedom? Praise the Lord that He is placed us, He has given us the privilege of living in the United States of America where we do have freedom, where we have individual freedom, where my freedoms end are where your freedoms begin. In other words, I can't go take your stuff because it's your stuff. I can't, just because I want it doesn't mean that I can go and get it. There are laws that prevent that. So we have individual freedoms here. What upsets me is when I see people abusing their freedoms. Yeah, you have the right to uh, run down the country. You do. People have died for your right. You have the right to go out there and burn the American flag, the United States flag. You have that right. But to do so, in my opinion, disqualifies you for citizenship. If you don't like the United States of America, try to find a better place to live. If you want to talk about how bad we are, then go somewhere else and see how bad it is before you make that judgment. You know, there's a lot of folks in our country that will come, there's a lot of things, especially after the recent Supreme Court decision to overturn Roe versus Wade, which was not constitutional. Now, they have come up and says we need to burn this country to the ground just because they no longer have the laws on their side to say that they can kill any unborn child that they want to. So they want to destroy everything in order to have the, the legality to murder. Now, what are we doing with our freedom? That's the, the You have the right to do a lot of things in the United States because you're free. But should you 
And we're also going to talk about this. We are, just like Brother Clay had sung and had said, we have freedom in Christ Jesus. We are set free by the Spirit of life, the Holy Spirit of God. We are set free, but does that mean we can do anything we want to do? You see, the Spirit, or the Word of God tells us what we are to be about. What will you do with your freedom? Let's begin reading in verse 1 of chapter 8 of the book of Romans. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit, the, for the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the Spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally or fleshly minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if, the, if by the Spirit... You put to death the deeds of the body you will live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. The freedom that we have in Christ Jesus is ours because of what He has accomplished for us. What will you do with that freedom? Let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Father, again, we bow before you. And we praise you and thank you for the country in which you have given us to live. That men of old sought you, sought right, righteousness. And they sought a free country. You orchestrated their hands to design all the founding documents. Father, everything that we read that they wrote is referenced or, or they reference your word. They reference your statutes, your judgments, your commands. And we thank you for that. We thank you that we do experience freedom today. And Lord, as we do so, help us to be mindful of what that freedom, not only what it costs, but Father, what we 
must do with it, what our responsibilities are, our duties are. We love you, Lord. Thank you again for our time together in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So celebrating the 4th of July means we celebrate our independence. And if we were, we gained our independence from the, the nation of Great Britain, England. And we did so because of tyranny. The king uh, did whatever he wanted to do without any say-so from his subjects. You've heard, probably heard the phrase taxation without representation. You see, the king would do whatever he wanted to do without asking them what they, well, how they felt about it or, or any, anything in between. So if you read the Declaration of Independence, it talks about the tyrant king. And, how, and it gave evidences and, and uh, things that he did uh, that were against right, against morality. So they said it was their moral obligation to break away from such a tyrant king and begin their own nation. And they did, praise the Lord. Now, there's another tyrant king. His name is Satan, Lucifer, the devil whatever you want to call him. But he does not have your best interest at heart, so it's in your best interest to break away from that tyrant king, but you've got to serve somebody. So who's it going to be? The Lord of creation, the one who, who uh, created all things and sustains all things, but, and even uh, gave his son's life for you. Or do you want to serve the one who, kill, who kills, steals, and destroys? So what are you going to do? You have the option to live without God, but you also have the option to live and serve God and understand and live true life, real life. Now, the Scripture is telling us, beginning in verse 1 of chapter 8, that there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. In other words, He died, He took your condemnation upon Himself, he died so that you could have the freedom that you now would enjoy if you have Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You have, if you have given your life over to Him, see, what you have is freedom in Christ. But, beginning in verse 2, we've got to remember the purchase price. We've got to remember what it cost in order for us to be free. You know what John 3.16 says, God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. You see, it takes us not only believing that Jesus is who He said He was and is and that He did what He said He was going to do and that He accomplished our salvation, but you have to trust that for your salvation. And when you trust that for your salvation, it changes who you are. The scripture says that gives you life, spiritual life. Because Jesus said you must be born again. You've been born physically, you've got to be born spiritually. How are you to do that? Only God gives life. So you go to the author of life, the giver of life, and you ask him for that life. Ask him to forgive you of your sins. You ask him to... to uh, receive Jesus' atonement for you. 
And when you do that, the Scripture says, the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free. Free from the law of sin and death. Free, that freedom only comes in Christ Jesus, and when you are free, that means you no longer have to sin. Sin has no more power over you. Satan has no more power over you than what you give him. You see, in every opportunity, in every trial or every temptation, there's an opportunity for you to stay righteous and holy. To say no to that uh, sin or temptation, whatever it is, you have the ability, uh, having the Spirit of God in you, to say no to that. You are free. Before you accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, you had no freedom. In that, you served sin and yourself. You served the master of this world, which is Satan. And you had to sin. Everything that you did was sin. Now, you might have considered yourself a good person. But, the Scripture says there are none good, no, not one. And everything outside of service to the Lord, everything outside of the Lord Jesus Christ is sin against God. Living your life without God in it, saying no to God, is sin. So the Scripture says, we are saved, we are set free from sin and death when we have Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Through the Holy Spirit, He sets us free. Now, the purchase price was Jesus' life. He came and lived a perfect price, a perfect life, so that He could buy us back, redeem us back. And you know, here in our country, many wars have been fought, and many men have died in order to, for us to have the freedom that we have today. That's why you, we have the, the right to protest, we have the freedom to protest, we have uh, uh, individual rights. If we want to be left alone, we, most of the time we can be left alone. And all of these folks that are rioting and, and uh, doing uh, harm to the country, I would say that, burning the flag or, or talking about tearing everything down, there's a lot of people who gave their life so that they could have the right to do that. But do they consider that? Have they thought about the price that was paid so that they could do that? So I would challenge those who don't like the United States of America and, and talk about how bad it is, go somewhere else and see if you can do the same things that you do here, there. Try out Venezuela, Cuba. How about Russia? Go somewhere and try that. Tell me what kind of freedoms you have. Now, in Christ Jesus, we are set free because He gave His life for us. He bought us back. He paid us. He paid for our sins. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh. He was in the likeness of man but sinless. Not one sin was recorded that He did. He was sinless. So that He paid the price 
for us sinful people. He was the righteous, the holy, one and only sacrifice that could take away our sins. And when we accept Christ as our Lord and Savior, we become righteous in His sight. Listen to what it says in verse 4. That the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us. See, what Jesus did is He fulfilled the righteous requirements of the law so that some, somebody had to die for the sins that we have committed. And Jesus did it. He accomplished that for us. And then this, he, Scripture goes on as He's writing there. It says, In us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. You see, we no longer belong to the flesh. We belong to the Spirit. When we accept Christ as our Lord and Savior, we have given up the old ways and we start a new life in Christ Jesus. Led by the Spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. You see, if we are fleshly minded, worldly minded all the time, then we have to ask ourselves, are we at all Christ Jesus's? Now, first thing that we do is remember the purchase price, but then we have to remember and also understand that there's the uh, operation of opposing natures in us. Yes, we, you know that we don't always behave righteously or holy. Yes, we do sin. Yes, we do mess up. Sometimes on purpose. Sometimes not. But there is that back and forth in us. And listen, if we focus on the fleshly things, then we've got to uh, back up. We've got to... Uh, Think about it. If it doesn't hurt us to sin, if it doesn't bother us, if there's no guilt for sin in our life, then the Holy Spirit has either evacuated, that's, that's not the right word, He has left, or you never had the Holy Spirit at all. But when you accept Christ as your Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit's not going to leave you. So listen, if you are doing things that you know are wrong, and you don't have any, you're not worried about it? Look, you need to take a cold, hard look at the truth. Because there's two natures in us. Everybody has their own opinion about what freedom means. Now, a lot of people think of freedom as having no rules and no accountability. Now, if you think that, then you are serving the God of chaos. You are serving the God of destruction. You're, you think you're serving yourself or you're doing whatever you want to do, but you're doing exactly what Satan wants you to do. If you are in Christ Jesus, He has freed you from sin and death. He freed us into a life of righteousness. Verse 6, For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity or enemies against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. In verse 9, But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. 
if indeed the Spirit of God indwells or dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. The, the Scripture is plain and simple in that. Saying that if you are not in Christ Jesus, if you are not living the righteous life, if, if you're okay with the worldly, fleshly things always in your life, then guess what? You are not His. That's what He says. But having freedom to live is in Christ Jesus. Because the carnal mind, the fleshly mind, the worldly mind is death. But to be spiritually minded is life, true life, and peace. Do you have peace? Or is some, there's always something going on? Is, is there always some turmoil? Is there always something going on around? And you seem like you, you, you just long for peace. It may be that the worldly, fleshly, carnal-minded or mind has taken over or still exists and hasn't been put to death. And what you're looking for is that life and peace that Christ offers. The peace to live your life in Christ. Now... The Scripture tells us, or Jesus said, if the Son sets you free, then you are free indeed. Free not to run wild, because that's what the world says free is. I can just go and do whatever I want to. Christ sets us free to live true life. And that's what He means. He says, we are able then, in Christ Jesus, to live a life that's pleasing unto God freely. Peacefully. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 16, Peter is talking about there, he says, as free, speaking of, of Christians, of believers in the Lord, as free, yet not using liberty as a cloak for vice. Or in other words, an excuse to do wrong. Or a license to sin. I've heard it put that way also. You see, when we are in Christ Jesus, that doesn't give us the right to go out and sin because we'll say, well, Jesus forgives everything. All my sins are forgiven, so I can get out there and do whatever I want to do, and Jesus is going to forgive it anyway, so why not? Let me, let me say, if that's your way of thinking, if that's what you think, then you are not in Christ. Because being in Christ means you turn your back on those things. That's exactly what we do when we celebrate our baptism. You see, the old man dies. And the baptism is the celebration of the old man, the, the sinful man, going under, being buried, and then the new life coming forth. The new life in Christ Jesus to walk forward in righteousness and holiness. Life peaceful and true and real. We do have opposing natures living within us, but the spiritual side of us has to be stronger than the fleshly side of us. If not, we are not giving ourselves over to the spirit of truth. We are following a spirit of error who belongs to the enemy and we must stop it, remembering what it cost for our redemption. Remembering that there's going to be that opposition against us all the time. 
And then it says in verse 10 and following, And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors. We owe someone for the life that we now live. We are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. So he's saying we are debtors, and it's not having to do with ourselves, our flesh, or the worldly things. We are debtors to the one who gave his life for us, and now will live in and through us when we accept him, when we follow him, when we ask him for his forgiveness. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. Daughters of God. We are debtors. Jesus said you must be born again. You must come from death into life. Out of the darkness that is serving Satan into the light of serving Christ. As a matter of fact, John the Apostle wrote it that way. He said, we must dwell in the light. Walk in the light as he is in the light. But we've got to put the death, the deeds of the body. We've got to put to death those deeds. In chapter 6, verse 22, the scripture says, Now having been set free from sin and having become slaves of God, you have your fruit to holiness and the end everlasting life. You see, what he's writing there is, is simply this. You were set free from the bondage, the slavery to sin. In order that when you submit yourselves to Christ, you receive life to the full. Because the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The redeemed are the sons and daughters of God. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. So you have freedom in Christ Jesus when Christ is your Lord and Savior. So let me ask you, what are you doing with your freedom? And the scripture says that you are free in Christ and, and that you don't have to obey sin anymore. You don't have to uh, to, to live for Satan or the flesh anymore but some do because God allows you the freedom to choose him or yourself so which are you choosing and by the way it's obvious to those around you what you're doing with your freedom There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but 
according to the Spirit. Christ died to make you free. And if you have His salvation, what are you doing with it? Let's go to the Lord in prayer, please. Father, we, we stop now. After hearing Your Word and listening to Your Spirit, and we ask for you to show us what we need to do. Father, how is it that we need to live out our freedom? Lord, we know that it's in obedience to you. Because you offer life and peace. And we need it. So Lord, in all things today, I pray that we will be pleasing to you. During our invitation time this morning, Father, I ask for you to move in the hearts of those that you have been speaking to all the way through. Bring them to the knowledge of your salvation, full and free, that brings life and peace. Bring them to repentance, asking forgiveness of sins and pledging their life to you. You are an awesome and mighty God. Thank you for the freedom that we have in Jesus. Help us to not ever take it for granted. In your name I pray. Amen. Please stand for a hymn of invitation this morning.